Thanks for joining us for Mississippi Prospects, a podcast focused on economic and community development in our state. Hosted by Jeff Friend and brought to you by the Mississippi Economic Development Council. It's something we have that is infinite, but yet there's never enough of it, and that is time. We've got travel, we've got dinners, work meetings, work breakfasts. You've got to get the kids off to school, you've got to pick them up to school, you've got to take them even to the latest sporting event. Baseball, soccer, basketball, whatever their passion is. Finding a balance, especially in economic development, which is a very demanding career, of that work and life can be incredibly challenging. Our next guest has worked in the public and private sector and the nonprofit sector for nearly 25 years in the Southeast. He is starting his ninth year as president of the Area Development Partnership in the Grady Hattiesburg, Mississippi area, graduate of the Mississippi State University, and also a master's from the University of Southern Mississippi. He's been married for 25 years, and he knows all about this balance because he's the father of three kids, 20, 17, and 13. God bless you. Welcome, Chad Newell. (laughs) Thank you. It's uh, very exciting to be here with you guys today. So obviously, uh, having been in the business world for the past 25 years, also the father of three kids of varying ages, two of them teenagers, you've obviously had to find that right balance, A, to make uh, your home life work for you. The family can understand uh, the demands of your job while succeeding because Hattiesburg is an incredibly successful community in the state of Mississippi, leading in job creation. Where do you find an or how should I say, rather, do you strike that balance of these careers? You know, everybody wants everything now. Right. Well, for me, I think uh, faith is definitely at my core. So for me, it starts out with faith. You've got to have strong faith and faith greater than your fears. And then you have to focus on your family and making sure that your personal life uh, is intact and in order. And because if it's not, uh, quite frankly, it's going to negatively impact uh, your professional life. So if you have faith uh, where it needs to be, if you have your family life where it needs to be, then work becomes much easier. And I think work does need to come in at number three uh, within those three categories. So finding that uh, balance is very important. And, you know, really your economic development career is a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, so pace yourself. Another way to put it is uh, be in the moment. Uh, don't always uh, be looking for that greener pasture. If you work hard and have your heart in the right place and serve others uh, from a servanthood leadership standpoint, then opportunities will arise for you. But I encourage folks who are coming into the field to just uh, be in the moment, enjoy your current position, and then other doors will open uh, down the road. So my career's only about four and a half, five years now in the economic development world, and I've already experienced that comes with a lot of pressure. There's a lot of after-hours phone calls because perhaps a client is in Europe or South America or Asia, and all of that obviously can be very challenging. How do you balance that mental and emotional well-being? I think it's extremely important to to balance mental and emotional well-being, your physical well-being, and spiritual well-being. So I categorize it into those three areas. 
And the mental emotional well-being is uh, making sure that you uh, certainly have a suitable amount of time for yourself, for your family, and then so that you you make you make time throughout the day for your colleagues as well. So you're not constantly behind the laptop or always on the telephone or always scheduling meetings. You know, make sure you have a balance even in your work day. Uh, and I try as president of the organization to always make time for our employees because really our organization ticks uh, only and does well only because of the talent that we've recruited to the organization. So people want you to care about them personally uh, and then they're able to flourish professionally. So always uh you know, I guess it was John Maxwell who said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think that's important in the workplace. We're so, an instant gratification society. Exactly. We want everything now. I mean, uh, it, friends of mine from uh, across the pond had noticed uh, when they visited the United States, they said, you can drive through everything here, your banking, your dry cleaning, all your restaurants. They don't have that option in uh, many European countries. And they come here and They don't get that sort of frenetic pace that we often keep. How, especially with a a younger generation, and we were talking about this earlier, how do you balance that or communicate that with especially some of your younger staff members? Because you do have a history of recruiting really top-notch talent, and retention is so important in keeping them grounded in that way. It is. I think it's all part of having what I call an intentional corporate culture. In the workplace, you are going to have a corporate culture. It is either going to be by design or by default. And I prefer by design. And so we want to make sure that we have a work hard, play hard environment. We want to laugh a lot. I think that's good for the soul. Uh, You you want folks uh, to know that you have their back. And we, we have, this is an intense field. It's a very demanding field. It can be very tiring, uh, but you have to keep the right perspective. I think you have to have fun. I, I come in and our staff comes in and we are energetic. We are positive. We are passionate about what we do. And so when you have that type attitude, it just makes the long days, the early mornings, the long evenings more palatable. Uh, and so that's all part uh, of the culture. You know, I, again, I referred to it as work hard, play hard. But then I encourage my staff and, and for myself as well to, you know, make time to exercise and eat properly. You know, I think doing so is a big stress reliever. That physical well-being enhances your ability to handle stress at work. I think it leads to clearer thinking and more patience and better overall decision-making. You also mentioned earlier the spiritual side is very important to you and, and part of that balance part of your journey in maintaining a healthy workplace and also also a healthy uh, home life. It's very important to me, and I believe that, you know, life is full of peaks and valleys, and it's not what happens to you, it's how you respond that is important. We discuss that often in our workplace. Things are going to happen throughout the day and throughout the week and, and month and year that uh, pe- that may not be, you know, the most positive at the time, but it's not what is occurring, it's how we respond to what is occurring. Uh, so flexibility is a key in economic development, uh, but but having being well grounded uh, with your faith h- helps you maneuver through. 
I like to say that God is our compass. He provides the roadmap that guides us along the journey. And then certainly one of my favorite Bible verses is Galatians 5, 23, that talks about the fruit of the Spirit being love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So I actually have a plaque of that in my office, and I, I try to remind myself of the fruit of the Spirit daily because I think if we embody those characteristics, the journey will be easier to navigate. And in my mind, that's what we're doing daily in our personal lives, in our work lives. We are we are trying to navigate this world. We are navigating through, or and, and often in economic development, we are uh, maneuvering through, and we're trying to you know promote our regions. We're trying to structure deals. We're trying to help companies overcome challenges that they have so that they can grow and prosper. And, and so uh, you have to have the right attitude and perspective about that to be able to uh, navigate effectively. Along the same lines, and also it relates to economic development, uh, th- we're in a service industry, and we are serving the people who we represent at work, whether your constituency would be the people of your area, which is covered by the organization. Uh, in my job, it's the entire state of Mississippi. But at the end of the day, it's all about providing service. And that fits in both to the side of faith that you're talking about and in conducting business and economic development. Yes, we are, you know, customer service is product knowledge, or excuse me, product knowledge is customer service. So you've got to know your product. You've got to have the right people on the bus with you. Uh, and you have to always be in that servanthood uh, leadership mindset. We, the, the Area Development Partnership, is not only the Economic Development Agency for Greater Hattiesburg, but we're the Regional Chamber of Commerce. So we have over 850 members, ranging from mom and pop shops to multinational corporations, and they all have they have a diverse set of needs. And so we have to get up every day trying to be strategic and tailor programs that uh, can help them uh, grow uh, in the community. And so it's always challenging. It's always a lot of fun. It's always demanding. And and if you surround yourself with the right people, you know, it makes the uh, journey uh, really exciting. And, and it's, you're able to elevate your community. I, l- I like to say move the needle. You know, that's what we're trying to do. Raise the bar, move the needle, uh, enhance that quality of life in greater Hattiesburg through economic progress. And talking about helping others prosper, you talked about having the right people around you creates the right environment. Earlier we were discussing one of the top reasons why people leave a job is because of poor leadership. You know, it's a bad boss or organizationally maybe there are problems. How have you gone about building that model? Because you've had a lot of retention. You've got a lot of people who I've worked with over these last few years who not only have stuck with you, but they've been prosperous. So you've obviously got this model. You're not just talking the talk. You're walking the walk. It's talent acquisition and talent retention. Those are just absolutely crucial to effectively uh, running an economic development chamber of commerce type organization over the long haul. Uh, again, I'm in my ninth year leading the ADP, and I like to think uh, maybe we're like a good bottle of wine. We've just gotten better over time. And so part of that is hiring the right 
people and trying to recruit a diverse uh, group of employees that bring different skill sets to the table. Uh, you don't want to, you know, I don't want to recruit folks who are all have the same skill sets that I do, or uh, that would be uh, not an exciting place to work. And uh, we would all have the same ideas. So we, you want to bring in people who are sharp, very capable, have a good work ethic, uh, certainly have a good character, uh, and very trustworthy. You, you, if you don't have trust within your organization, uh, then then it really will crumble over time. So you have to build that close knit team, and and then you have to invest in your employees. You have to mentor them and then provide them with growth opportunities. We have several uh, different layers, if you will, within the Area Development Partnership. And it's not because we want to be bureaucratic. It's because I want to be able to promote people. So if someone's at a coordinator level, I want to take them to a manager level. If they're at a manager level, I want to take them to a director level and then VP. And and as uh, we were just talking about earlier, we just promoted a gentleman on our staff to executive vice president. And so now, you know, now I have an executive vice president over the Chamber of Commerce and an executive vice president over economic development. So you have to relinquish control to grow your organization and take it to the next level. So it's not all about you. It's about the team and how we can uh, help the region prosper. You talked about mentoring, which I think is critically important, and if done well, can pay off so incredibly well there. But it's a two-way street, too, because I've also learned with people that I've worked with, and I've ended up mentoring, that I ended up learning a lot from them, and usually it was a generational thing. They were younger, and they were more in touch with certain technologies or uses of technology or communications that I hadn't even addressed yet. Have you experienced that? Absolutely. Within our organization, we have baby boomers. Uh, I'm a Gen Xer. We have, of course, several millennials. And that blending uh, of the different age groups uh, is really neat. Uh, it's For some people, it may be a little intimidating. For me, it's just exciting because every age group brings a different perspective. They grew up in a different era. Uh, they grew up with different technology. Uh, they grew up uh, in different uh, family settings. And so blending all of that in a workplace is pretty awesome to have an opportunity to do that. I'll, I'll give you an example of uh, the millennials. Uh, they, we on our economic development team. Uh, it was time to get some uh, new computers, and our economic development team came to me and said, "Hey, you know, we really would prefer to have Apple all Apple products. Uh, we we would love to all have Apple laptops." And this is an example of a generational difference and, uh, you know, what kind of technology they grew up with. So the millennials have grown up with Apple products. They were accustomed to it. And so as, as the CEO of the organization, we said, yep, let's be flexible. So our entire economic development team now has Apple laptops. And then they even, uh, millennials, uh, collaborate differently. As a Gen Xer, I like to meet with my team, discuss things, collaborate, and then go back to my office and spend a little time working uh, on what we discussed. Whereas I've seen millennials, uh, they'll our staff will get in our boardroom, they'll have their Apple uh, laptops up, They'll all be collaborating, meeting, and simultaneously, you know, working uh, on their laptops with a, 
you know, cup of coffee in hand and the lights dimmed. Uh, so it's just a tote, you know, whereas for me, uh, I would like, I, I could meet in that environment short term, but then I would want to retreat to my office uh, to work maybe on some of the strategic part. So I think it's a good lesson in when you're leading an organization, everybody has a different idea of what it takes uh, to be successful within the organization, and they have a different perspective on how they own work habits. And so I just share that example uh, for CEOs who are out there. Be flexible with your workers. Who really cares if the lights are dimmed, if everybody has a cup of coffee and, and they're all uh, sitting around in the same room? If, if the productivity is high, that's the measuring stick. Are we achieving the desired results? If that's the case, then uh, you should be able to offer that kind of flexibility for employees because that also goes back to the retention side. We were talking about that earlier about retaining talent. We may not always be able to pay more than the next company or pay more than the next economic development agency. But if I can create the kind of environment where employees want to be, then we've created something special and they are much likelier to stay. Defining the roles that people play in an organization is really important. Is it tougher now because we're asked to do more with less and there's a lot of, uh, you know, everybody used to have to stay in their lane, but now, you know, I'm in the communication side, so I'm in everybody's business. But in a smaller shop or even a medium-sized shop, Everybody's got to pitch in and do a little bit of everything, so you're crossing over their lines. But at the basic core, the definition of your role in that organization, how important is that to the overall success? Well, you definitely have to be a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, because economic development is just a multifaceted field. And that's, a, that's one of the most exciting things about it to me. I, I'm, I've been in, you know, in and around this business for the last 25 years, and I still get up and go into work every day just as excited as I was 25 years ago. So, and, and it's because it's different every day. There, there's never uh, the same day. You may have a to-do list, but your to-do list will change dramatically uh, throughout a, a particular day. But to be successful and to maneuver through, to navigate uh, sometimes uh, what we may call a, a treacherous <laughs> terrain as we're trying to, you know, appease uh, our members and work with elected officials and work with all of our allies and recruit companies while taking care of small businesses and helping existing businesses expand. There are so many different areas where we are pulled in multiple directions. But I do think it's important to stick to your knitting. You have to understand your role and, and don't worry about things you can't influence. And so that's part of having longevity in this field uh, is understanding that there are only a small number of things that we can impact. There's a large number of things that are totally outside of our control. So I get up every day and our team gets up every day trying to focus on what we do. So we call that uh, sticking to our knitting and and not uh, worrying about things that are outside of our control. It's human nature really to sweat the small stuff. Uh, those things that you can't control. I think we're all guilty of it at one point or another. You know, you talk about creating an environment where people want to work. You can retain all of that talent. Economic development at its core is a very competitive business industry. 
vocation. Uh, we're competing with jurisdictions close by, other states, uh, other parts of the our own state, you know, the coast versus Hattiesburg versus Jackson versus North. Everybody's vying for some of the same projects. In an office, that type of competition actually can be detrimental to the flow of your work product, and you can lose people through that. And I've seen environments, and I've worked in environments that were highly competitive within the office. How do you avoid that and get everybody to understand you're on the same team? Yeah, well, we really, you know, focus on the process over just a short-term result. And I think that is an important distinction. So we feel like if we have the right team, if we have the right team trained, uh, they, they understand what their role is in the organization, and they do it to the best of their ability, and we leave it all on the playing field each time we go out and compete, then if we win, fabulous. We celebrate together. If we lose, no problem. We just dust each other off pick up the pieces, and move on to the next deal. In economic development, you got to have a short-term memory related to your defeats uh, because you're going to lose a lot more projects uh, than you win. And so it's really about perspective, I think. You have to have the right framework, the right uh, mindset that, hey, we have a wonderful team, we have a great product to sell in Greater Hattiesburg, we have our business community and our and our public officials have given us all the tools in our toolbox that we need to compete effectively. So let's go out and compete and do everything we can within our power to win. And then when we do win, we love to celebrate. And, and fortunately, we, we've had a lot of wins along the way and we've celebrated, but we've also lost. When you lose, you know, you have to be able to say, hey, the other team on this particular day, you know, was a little bit better than us uh, for these reasons. And so when we do lose a given project, we do like to understand why we lost the project. So if there's anything that we can do differently the next time out, uh, we can make uh, alterations, modifications. And so it's fun to compete. Certainly, it's fun to win, but I don't, I don't mind losing because uh, if, if, if you never lost, uh, then your dreams really weren't big enough. And, and so I like to think uh, that a failure is a part of growing, and, and it's a part of trying to take your community to a level maybe that they've never been before. I've always liked to say you learn more from your failures than you do from your successes. Top three takeaways on this for your work-life balance sheet. Well, you have to have your life in order. You need to uh, focus on your faith, uh, your family, and work balance. And I really do think that you need to have that mental, emotional well-being, your physical well-being, and and your spiritual well-being. But uh, ultimately, it's about servanthood leadership. We are not in this field, uh, you know, for the money. We're in the field to help others' quality of life get just a little bit better. Uh, It's all about helping retain jobs and create jobs and, you know, helping that uh, individual, that mom, that dad, you know, obtain a job and provide for themselves and their families. So so if you keep that uh, servanthood uh, mentality or perspective, it really, you know, will, will drive results. 
I, I believe that uh, you have to stay positive, uh, preserve your character, recruit and retain loyal people, serve others, have a suitable work-life balance, focus more on being well-respected than well-liked, willingly give credit to others, leave it all on the field, and ultimately do what you can and turn the rest over to the Lord. Chad Newell, president of the Area Development Partnership, ADP of the Greater Hattiesburg Area. Thanks for joining us today on Mississippi Prospects. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on. Mississippi Prospects is brought to you by the Mississippi Economic Development Council, the Mississippi Development Authority, Cooperative Energy, Greater Jackson Alliance, Entergy, Mississippi Power, Tennessee Valley Authority, Watkins and Eager, Butler Snow, Jones Walker, and produced by Pottery Studios. If you have questions or comments, join us on Twitter at MEDC Info.